0: Hello self-lovers, my name is Jenny and welcome to episode 95 of Falling in Love with Yourself. You know, it's been 95 episodes and I am so excited that you're here, whether you are a first-time listener or whether you are a subscriber and you listen each and every time. Thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm so very grateful for you turn, tuning into this podcast. Um, and maybe it's time for me to just tell you a little bit about myself because it's been a while. So I'm just going to introduce myself um, a little bit because I realized that I talked a lot about my story um, in season one of this podcast, and I really haven't really gone back to it. So before we get to today's episode, I'm just going to do that, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're talking about self-compassion. Self-compassion is one of my pillars in my self, self-love self curriculum. Um, Pillar number one is self-awareness. Pillar number two is self-acceptance. Pillar number three is self-compassion. We're going to shine the spotlight on pillar number three today. And then pillar number four is self-fulfillment. So I'm going to give you, when we get into the episode after I introduce myself um, for a few minutes, When we get into the episode, I'm going to give you three really important steps to grow your self-compassion because in my experience in this world and with my connections with people, I don't know anybody who is walking around with (laughs) enough self-compassion. So this episode really, really can speak to everyone. And then I'm going to actually guide and lead you through a self-compassion meditation. So we're going to turn on some music and we're going to lean in to our core and our soul. And we're really going to go to that abundant and infinite source of self-compassion. So that is what's going to happen in this episode. So I wanted to let you know that straight up front. Um, so that if you, you can definitely listen to this first half of the podcast, like when you're driving or walking your dog or out and about on, on a stroll or a run. But the second part of this podcast um, with the meditation is maybe something um, to save you know whether you're listening to on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Anchor, wherever you're listening to your podcast, definitely save this podcast, download it, bookmark it so that you can revisit this meditation often. And if you are in a place where you're snuggled up, I know it's raining here in Southern California and it's the first day of spring. Um, settle in with a blankie, light some candles, grab your journal, um, you know, have your yummy tea and your in your loungewear. Listen to um, you know, my three tips of growing yourself compassion and then lean into that meditation. So that's what's coming. But before we get to that, um, I just wanted to reintroduce myself a little bit. My name is Jenny. I turned 50 years old last October, October of 2022. I turned 50. Um, I'm a very young 50, I think. I feel like I'm more 35, um, and that and that is part of my story. So um, I'm the youngest of five children, and we were really spread out in age. Um, so I'm the baby, and I have four older brothers and sisters that my, my closest sibling in age is six years older than me, um, and that's my brother, and then I have a sister 10 years older than me, a sister who's 17 years older than me, and then a brother who's 18 years older than me, and I have been close to all of them throughout my life, and so I have come to realize that I am the person, the adult that I am, because I was not just raised by two parents, but I was raised by, you know, three to four of my siblings as well. As a matter of fact, as I learn, as I become more self-aware and um, grow my self-acceptance, I really have learned that my two older sisters... Really played um, a motherly role in my life, and um, that's very significant. Um, and so I went away to college. I'm I've always lived in California. Um, I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Go Giants! I'm a huge Giants fan, um, but I live. Steps from the sand in Los Angeles County, Southern California now. And I love it here. It is amazing. And if you want to come to my beach, please, please, please let me know because there will be an opportunity in October where I and my good friend will be hosting a wellness retreat here at my beautiful beach. October of 2023, mark your calendars, contact me so you can get first dibs. There's only going to be limited spots. So contact me on Instagram, Jenny underscore Drake underscore, or on my website, Jenny Drake.com. I also have a private Facebook group called falling in love with myself request to join that. Any and all of those opportunities and subscribe to this podcast because if you are a podcast listener, you will get first dibs on those spots. So October 2023, I love living at this beach. Um, It's amazing. So I came to Southern California in college um, and then went back to Northern California to that's when I got married, had my family. I was married for 22 years. It was a really difficult, struggling marriage. I have two beautiful children. My daughter turns 25 in one week. She lives out of California. She has a beautiful life of her own all the way across the nation. And my son is 22. He's in college. He also is all the way across the United States. So I'm extremely close to my kids, though geographically far. And though my ex-husband and I, their father and I had a very difficult 22-year marriage, we have really healed in the last six years. He has done his work. I have done my work. Together, we have a beautiful co-parenting relationship, which is a miracle in and of itself. And it is one of the things that I am most grateful for every single day that he and I could not communicate and see eye to eye in our marriage, but we definitely have post-marriage. So I've been through all of that. I have been single for six years, um, which has been a self-love journey so much. Um, I have dated the majority of those six years. I was in a two-year relationship. Um, with someone who was active in their disease of addiction, though I didn't know it at the time, it was a beautiful relationship. It was a beautiful, beautiful journey, um, of learning about self-compassion and compassion. And I loved that relationship despite the disease of addiction and alcoholism being the third person in that relationship. Um, and we ended on really good terms. He's still, you know, someone that I cherish um, in my journey. And I wish him all the well. Um, we've been broken up for about two years, went back to dating, took about eight months off to really lean into myself. And in 2022, I really, really became intentional about finding um the person, the relationship, the healthy person, and the healthy relationship that I was really wanting to attract. And I am happy to announce that I have found that. He is amazing. Um, It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to have someone sitting across the table from me. Not literally. He's not here right now. Um, But figuratively, figuratively who is really healthy, who is growth minded, who is a very strong, beautiful communicator. And quite frankly, I knew the moment that I met him, that he loved himself. And he recognized that I loved myself. Um, And that became the foundation of, of this beautiful relationship. And so in this moment, I am with a partner um, and it's going extremely well, but it has been a journey to be to get here. And if you listen to my podcast, I've gone through all sorts of phases and self-discovery and really the overflowing, abundant intention through everything that I've been through um, post-divorce has been self-compassion. And that's why I want to talk about it today and give you these three tips of how we lean into self-compassion when it's so difficult to do naturally. It's really not something that we do naturally is have compassion for ourselves. And so when I say it takes intention, it truly, truly does. And if you've been a longtime listener on this podcast, you'll hear like, I have gone through um, different stages. So I used to be, when I was married, I was a part of a really um, conservative um, religion. There was not a ton of self-compassion in that part of my life. So, you know, I got married at 22. I got baptized at 21 and i was not compassionate with myself at all i was a perfectionist and i was really had huge high expectations on myself therefore i had really unrealistic expectations on everyone around me there was my self compassion was very 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 little i'm not saying that that was imposed by the religion i just didn't feel that in that religious setting that we can have grace with ourselves and that we can, you know, accept ourselves where we're, where we are at. Um, when I exited my marriage and when I exited that religion, I went right back to the age of 21 sexually, romantically, and with myself And over the past six years, I've gone through my 20s, my 30s, and my 40s and caught up to myself. And through that, I've done a lot of things that, you know, shame could have come up and definitely other people were judging my actions, my behaviors. And I knew the entire time that I was going what I need, going through what I needed to go through at the time. I There was this voice and this intuition and this divine guidance within me that just kept speaking of you are doing it exactly how you should be doing it right now. Um, And I had this compassion. And I remember talking to my therapist um, saying, I don't have shame. Am I numbing myself from the feeling of shame? We really talked about that. And we really got to the space of, no, I knew that this was a phase that I needed to go through in the involvement and the healing and the growing of self. And so I never felt that shame or that guilt. I just leaned into allowing myself to do what I felt I needed to do at the time, and sure enough, I've come out of all of those phases, and I've I've caught up with myself, and self-compassion is the way that I've done that. So that's a little bit about myself. Thank you for hanging with this 14-minute intro. I'm going to come right back right in just a moment, and we'll dive into the three ways to grow and nurture our self-compassion, and then we'll get into the meditation. We'll be right back. Welcome to Season 3 of Falling in Love with Yourself. My name is Jenny Drake, and I am a self-love coach who teaches men and women how to transform their lives by reconnecting back to themselves. I use four pillars of self-love, which are self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-fulfillment. Each week, I will explore a topic or introduce you to a guest that will help you connect to your own truth tap into your own inner wisdom, and teach you how to fall deeper in love with yourself. This is where you come to learn how to fill your own cup so that it abundantly overflows into every aspect of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this date with yourself. Let's get started. Welcome back. So today we're talking about self-compassion and I have three reminders for you, three tips or three ways to strengthen and nurture and grow your self-compassion. As I said in the intro, I really don't know anyone walking around who is abundantly compassionate with themselves. The majority of humans Have this component in their brain to really criticize, judge, critique, all of those things. We, you know, it still comes up within me of I get disappointed with myself and I have to use that inner voice of disappointment or, you know, critique or judgment to alert me to turn to self-compassion. So it's not something that we do naturally. We do it naturally for other people a lot of the time, but not for ourselves. Um, And so that's why self-compassion is my third pillar, but it really is the umbrella pillar. And a lot of my one-on-one coaching with my clients is actually teaching people, modeling people, men and women of all ages to be that voice of self-compassion. So I speak compassion to them and it's really common for my clients to say, Jen, I heard your voice in my head because I'm modeling that compassion to them so that they in turn can be compassionate with themselves. Um, The only reason I can do that for my clients is because I've taught myself how to do it for myself. Um, And I'm going to teach that to you with these three tips and tools. Um, Why self-compassion? I have learned that compassion for ourselves is actually how we tap into our source of strength. I'm going to repeat that. Compassion is how we tap into our source of strength. So, if we are feeling weak, if we are feeling insecure, if we are feeling fearful, if we are feeling doubtful, all of those things, if we can lean into self compassion, those things begin to shift. And so, that's why I say compassion is. Our source of strength. Same with other people. So um, I always talk about self-compassion first. It um, because when we are compassionate with ourselves, we truly know how to be compassionate with others. When we are compassionate with others, we can use that to model how to be compassionate with ourselves. And as mothers and fathers, and parents, that's a great way. You know, we show compassion to our children all the time. Do we show that same compassion to ourselves? And vice versa. If we are not compassionate with ourselves, that is when we usually are not compassionate with each other. So self-compassionate is huge. It shifts the dynamic of everything inside of us. So The first way, here we go, number one, the first way that we can nurture, grow, and really lean into our self-compassion is naming, validating all emotions without judgment or criticism. So usually as humans, we really can lean into and embody all the positive emotions right? And I use the word positive. Positive and negative are categorizations and judgments. So I'm just using that quote unquote positive word, positive emotions, because, you know, these are joy and excitement and hopeful and all of those emotions, right? Um, Happiness, Those are the quote-unquote positive emotions. And then we have the quote-unquote negative emotions, which are fear, anxiety, sadness, loneliness, disappointment. And I want you to visualize kind of like a wheel of emotions, like similar to a color wheel, if you're an artist or you've ever seen a color wheel. If you look at a color wheel, no color is good, bad, positive, negative, right? Not even black, gray on the color wheel. Every color on the wheel has its own place and its own space to be in. And they're all equally valid. Now, some of the colors we lean towards more than others I'm a cool color person, but other people are warm color people. Other people like those darker colors. It doesn't really matter. All the colors are valid. So let's talk about our emotions as if they're on an emotion wheel. They're all valid. There's no good, bad, right, or wrong emotions. So when we accept that, when we accept that all emotions are valid and that they are all true, we can start to move through them with compassion, right? So when we are leaning into fear or anxiety, we can turn towards compassion. We can use that fear and anxiety as a trigger, as a information to say, oh, I need some self-compassion or disappointment or, uh, oh, disappointment. Ooh, that's a difficult emotion for me to feel. For some reason, disappointment, something happened in my childhood that imprinted disappointment as a real, I mean, I don't know anybody that deals with disappointment well, but for me, that is my most uncomfortable feeling. And that's okay. Like, I know that. I'm not scared of it. I accept. Remember that awareness piece? Awareness is that first step. I'm self-aware that I struggle when I feel disappointment. I accept that disappointment is my most uncomfortable emotion. Loneliness used to be, but I've really worked through my association and my relationship with the emotion of loneliness. And loneliness is not scary for me anymore. I do the same thing with disappointment. Um, I'm working towards disappointment not being as uncomfortable. And that is because I have compassion with myself. I lean into compassion when I feel disappointment, when I feel fear, when I feel loneliness, how I did that with loneliness was I just really found the comfort in the discomfort. I really found the serenity in that center space of loneliness. And I found ways to connect to myself in that loneliness. So feelings like disappointment or anger or, you know, I had to go through this process with anger as well. My ex-husband was a very angry person and I had really associated anger to my own pain. And once I leaned into self-compassion of this feeling is valid. I am safe. I am loved. I am loved. That is how, and, and in, in this episode, I am going to lead you through a meditation. So that is how we move through these feelings is by doing some of the things that the meditation will teach. So number one is naming and validating all emotions without judgment and criticism. And the intention that I put along with this is I feel all of my emotions And they are valid and okay. I feel all of my emotions. They are valid and okay. Okay, the second tool and um, intention that I'm going to give you to grow your self-compassion is releasing any idea of being perfect or unrealistic expectations. When we are um, not compassionate with ourselves, we, and I spoke about this a little bit um, in my intro, when we have really high expectations of ourselves, unrealistic expectations of ourselves, when we lean into perfectionism, um, and perfectionism can come out in many, many ways. Just a few that crosses my mind. Some people don't do things, they don't participate in things that they're not good at. That is a form of perfectionism. But also a form of perfectionism is that uncomfortable feeling when things are not going our way. um, And we want to manage and control and force. And that's where unrealistic expectations come in. So the intention, the mantra that I repeat is, I'm not perfect, nor do I expect myself to be perfect. I'm not perfect, nor do I expect myself to be perfect. Um, and you know, these are things that I put on post-its. Oh, these are things that I put on post-its on my mirror. You know, if I'm really like feeling, um, you know, that my perfectionism about my body or my looks or my character is popping up. Um, I really lean into the mantra: I'm not perfect, nor I expect, nor do I expect myself to be. Um, this is coming up. I mentioned I'm in a new relationship. My perfectionism sort of came up when I started. You know, he is. Amazing, but he's not perfect either. So when I started going into fear about, you know, little tiny things that were really insignificant, and I was like focusing on wanting to focus on them, I have trained myself to look at what is happening. Kind of looking at the glass is half full instead of the glass is half empty. And when I come back to the reality of the situation, there is so much good going on. And we tend to focus on that little tiny percentage of what could be better. We need, we shift that. And we can have compassion for ourselves and for others when we look at. I, I mean, I really did not do that in my marriage. I wanted everything to be perfect in my marriage. And I wasn't giving our marriage any credit of what was there. I was just focusing on what wasn't there. And I learned my lesson. I, I really um, work on that in in relationship now, even with friendships, even with my children, you know, releasing that perfectionism within ourselves we are not perfect. Um, Embracing our imperfections, um, really having compassion and acceptance and love for our imperfections, whether it's doing mirror work with our face, whether it's doing mirror work with our body, but really looking internally and looking at who we are as a person and accepting all of ourselves. So, you know i i have clients and sometimes clients reach out to me when they're in a spiral and they're going to the worst case scenario or they're in that black and white thinking or that all or nothing thinking and i really turn them towards the the middle space of you are safe you are loved and and bring them back to the present state and reality so that we're not going to the worst case scenario we're not going into that black and white thinking all or nothing um and really understanding that in this there is perfection in every moment and it we just have to find it like that is what life is right the moments of We don't have a lot of perfect moments in our life, but there is perfection in every moment. And what the heck does that mean? It means there is magic in every moment. There is peace in every moment. There is safety in every moment if we just come to our center and find it. And so having compassion for ourselves and releasing that perfectionism, those expectations, it keeps going back to expectations. I've learned in my 12-step program um, that expectations are just future resentments. So I tell my clients and I use with myself all the time, lower expectations of yourself and then lower them again. So number 2, I'm not perfect, nor do I expect myself to be perfect. Tip number 3 on how to grow your self-compassion is to really understand that how we react and behave and feel comes from our childhood. It's not our fault, it's nobody's fault. But Our reactions to life and to other people and to situations and to circumstances is imprinted in us from our childhood. And I did speak about this when I was talking about disappointment. I accept the fact that how I react and respond and show up and behave and feel goes back to before I could even know what was happening. So much of it goes back to our childhood. So the opposite of self-compassion is self-criticism and self-judgment. And all the times where we beat ourselves up, when we turn on ourselves and blame ourselves and say, oh, I wish I wasn't like this, or why did I do that? We can turn to, okay, I did that. I reacted that way or I'm feeling this way. I am triggered because of something in my childhood. It's not my fault. It's not anyone's fault. But I know where that comes from. I'm not that child anymore. And I can choose differently. So getting through to that space of it's okay that this is coming up, but turning to our adult self instead of our child self and saying, I can choose differently. Why do I want to choose differently? Because when I'm coming from that that childhood space, it's not going to lead me to peace and serenity. This, I led my life, my unhappy portion of my life for two, over two decades, because I was responding and reacting out of places of wounding. My heart, my mind were wounded, and that was what was guiding my behaviors, my actions, my decisions. And guess what would happen? I didn't feel good afterwards. When we show up from a place of wounded from our childhood, we shame ourselves afterwards because our adult self knows that we could have chosen differently and we didn't. Now, this is deep stuff. I'm not a therapist. I want you to know I am not a trained therapist. I am not a doctor of any kind. I am a coach that is just sharing my own processes with you. Yes, i've I've worked with um, licensed therapists and and doctors. Um, I'm just passing, so I'm passing this on to you. And if you need guidance, turn to a professional. But we can understand that our behaviors come from a a child. And I I still do this. I have all of this awareness, but it takes major practice. It takes major practice. When we get triggered, um, it takes, because our body goes back to that state, and it takes major awareness to work through it. And I've even had conversations, because some of this has come up in my new relationship, that I things that I couldn't heal from my marriage as a single person, of course, are now coming up in this new, beautiful relationship. I get triggered. It goes back to a wounded space. I feel it in my body. And I'm actually saying, okay, I'm feeling triggered. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling fearful. This is how I'm going to give myself compassion. This is coming from a wounded space. It's not my fault. This is living within my body. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. I'm not broken. I'm just feeling past wounds. I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to release it from my body. And I'm going to love myself through this. Then I come out the other side without a ton of shame. Now, this did just happen in this relationship, and I did have shame afterwards because I immediately started saying, wait a minute, I've done all of this work. Why is this still coming up? And I had to sit in that shame and really give myself compassion of this is how I'm healing, feeling this shame. Feeling this trigger, feeling this fear, and not pushing it away, not numbing myself from it is how I'm healing. It's okay, Jen. It's okay. I'm human. This is part of being human. And then I moved through it from shame. I went to sadness. From sadness, I went to low energy, and I came out the other side. And I didn't beat myself up along the way. When we beat ourselves up, when we critique ourselves and judge ourselves and criticize ourselves, it makes it so much worse. It makes that already difficult trigger a thousand, a million times worse and more painful. So lean into self-compassion. And those are the three ways. So the, the, sorry, I, let me go back to number three, which is um, how my bo- how I react, behave, and feel is from my childhood, and it's not my fault. The mantra that I use is, "I am doing the very best I can, and my best is enough." I will put all of this in the show notes as well. I'm also going to use these in the meditation that I'm going to guide you through. But the intent. The mantra and intention behind number three is, I am doing the very best I can, and that is enough. So before we get into the self-compassion meditation, let's just recap the three practices and tools that I gave you to grow and nurture your self-compassion, and also the mantras and intentions that go with each one. So Number one was naming and validating all emotions without judgment and criticism. And the mantra that you can really tap into and lean into um, with that tool is I feel all of my emotions and they are valid and okay. And then number two is releasing any expectations and any perfectionism. And that mantra and intention is, I'm not perfect, nor do I expect myself to be. And then number three is accepting that how we react, behave, and feel is from our childhood, and it's not our fault, and it's not anybody else's fault. And the mantra and intention that goes along with that is, I am doing the very best I can, And that is enough. So we're going to move forward into the meditation part of this. So um, go ahead and get comfy and we'll get started. Okay. As you get comfortable in this self-compassion meditation, You can sit in a chair with your feet planted firmly on the floor or you can sit grounded on the floor with your legs crossed, hands up, shoulders down, with your sit bones grounded to the floor. Or you can choose to lay down on your back with your palms facing up. Whatever you choose, take a deep breath and close your eyes. Today's meditation is to grow and nurture. Your self compassion. As you inhale deeply through your nose, I want you to think of your inhale as love going in through your nose and throughout your body. And as you exhale deeply and completely through your mouth, I want you to release any judgment, any criticism, any pain or struggle that you feel in this moment. And we'll repeat that breathing with that visualization of breathing in through your nose deeply love and compassion for yourself. And releasing any and all negative, uncomfortable feelings about yourself. Breathe in deeply through your nose and out completely through your mouth. Continue this breath and this visualization of love and compassion going in and criticism and judgment going out. And as you hear my words, repeat them in your mind. If you'd like to speak them from your lips and can continue to breathe, you're welcome to do that as well. I am human. I am love. I am perfectly imperfect. In my human state, I have ways to show up in this world. Sometimes I am in flow and alignment, and sometimes I'm not, and that is okay. I am not perfect. My days are not perfect. This world is not perfect. And I accept that. I accept that there will be moments where I feel light and love and sunshine. And I accept that there will be moments where I feel low, and tired, and fatigued, and sad. All of this is part of the human experience. The beautiful human experience that I am blessed to be a part of. I love being on this earth and the whole spectrum of emotions. When I do things that make me feel bad about myself, I understand that it's okay. This is part of who I am and this part of me i learned in my childhood it's not my fault it's not anyone's fault but as an adult i can choose different i can choose the path of happiness and serenity and love for myself sometimes I will choose that path and other times I will forget and that's okay too because I'm not perfect nor do I expect myself to be perfect I am imperfect And that is enough. I am trying my very best. And every day, my best looks different. Every day I show up how I feel I can show up. And that's enough. That's okay. I don't need to do more. I don't need to be more. When I am called to do more, I will. And I can trust that. I know that having compassion for myself is my source of strength. I know that having compassion for myself leads to happiness and serenity and peace. I know that having compassion for myself makes life more joyous and fulfilling. Having compassion for myself is not selfish, it's not greedy, it's not entitled. I can have compassion for myself at the same time and before I have compassion for others. I give myself permission to have compassion for myself. I give myself the compassion and grace that I so want from others. I give myself that compassion first because I know that I have an infinite and abundant supply of compassion inside of me. And I know That if I'm struggling to find compassion for myself, I can ask myself for it. And it will be there. I know that I have self-compassion inside of me. And I know that when I lean into this infinite source of self-compassion, that my self-love will grow. My self-worth is growing. My self-confidence and self-esteem is growing. When I have compassion for myself. Take a deep breath, breathe in those words and breathe out compassion for others. Breathe in compassion for yourself. Breathe out compassion for others. start to wiggle your toes, start to wiggle your fingers, and when you're ready, open your eyes. I hope you enjoyed this meditation and these three tips to grow your self-compassion. If you enjoy these types of episodes with meditation, I would love to hear from you please reach out to me on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore or my website Jenny-Drake.com. I would love to hear your feedback. If you're an Apple user and you haven't yet left a rating and review, that is how the ripple effect of self-love gets carried through. I would appreciate it so very much. I appreciate you For giving yourself this time, this space to really nurture and connect to yourself. I appreciate you so much in this world. When we take care of ourselves, when we love ourselves, when we are compassionate with ourselves, it truly spills out into the rest of the world. We actually are making the world a better place when we take care of ourselves. So thank you, thank you so much. I hope to hear from you. I hope to connect with you um, either in October here at the beach or on social media. Please reach out. Please join my private Facebook page called Falling in Love with Myself. I would love, love, love to meet you on our Monday morning Zooms. We meet every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time on Zoom if you're able to make it. If you're not able to make it, still join our group and you can um, get to know other self-lovers inside that group. Um, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you and I hope, hope, hope you feel the compassionate that you are worthy of, the compassion that you are worthy of. (laughs) Have a good week.